morning. Uh, glad you are here with us this morning. Um, we have been going through uh, some of Jesus's his miracles, and um, as I thought about this week, and I thought about uh, a number of his other miracles, um, I actually am going to go a little different direction, but it's still going to center around a miracle. Um, I. Um, I spent two hours this week with a friend of mine, he's an African-American pastor, and we spent two hours at lunch, Um, and you know what, Um, during that time I learned some, and I I laughed some, and I listened to his experience, and uh, to be honest with you, a lot of it was eye-opening, and it was a bit sobering, Uh, but he was so warm, and he was so honest about his own struggles and weaknesses that he has and his own congregation has, and, and I, was, I was blessed. Um, and, and as I was thinking about that and thinking about our situation, and, um, you know, a lot of it, if you really look at, uh, even deeper uh, what, um, you know, this whole situation calls for, it calls for decisions, big and small decisions. And, um, and so this morning, I don't want us to look at one specific miracle, um, but I want to talk about a more general miracle. Um, because right now, um, it would be very easy for many of us to make a mess of this situation. Um, and if we're not going to do that, and we're not going to make a mess of this situation, or even our family, or our money, or our work, or sex, or church, if we're not going to make a mess of our life, you know what we need. Um, we need wisdom. And that's what I want to look at. What does the Bible mean when it talks about wisdom? You know, the secular culture talks about wisdom as being an accumulation of science and facts. And and the moral uh, communities or the churches and synagogues, they talk about morality. But um, I want us to look at chapter 8 of the book of Proverbs, and I think we're going to see it's even deeper than that. In fact, it's way, um, it's, it's way deeper than that. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 8, and we're going to look at um, initially 10 through 16 here. And remember, this is, a, this is poetry. Proverbs is poetry. And so wisdom is being personified. There's this personification of wisdom. And it says, choose my instruction." If wisdom were speaking to us. Choose my instruction, wisdom says, instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. By me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, uh, princes govern and nobles, uh, all who rule on the earth. When you read this and you understand the importance of wisdom, I think we quickly realize um, that uh, wisdom is infinitely more important than all the wealth and all the fame that the world has to offer and all the power that our world has to offer. Um, it's, it's more important than having these perfect set of circumstances that we want so that we can flourish. Um, and 
I think one, one of the whole ideals of wisdom is that, you know what, you don't have to have uh, a certain set of structured circumstances. You don't have to wait for that. Wisdom is something that transcends circumstances. It's bigger than the set of needed circumstances that you might think you need to have in order to be uh, blessed. It's more than that. Um, and so it doesn't limit you to living life um, uh, in, a, in a smart biblical way. Uh, it doesn't confine you to circumstances. Uh, when you think of wisdom, I want us to make uh, the distinction between wisdom and moral goodness. I mean, moral goodness, of course, it's, it's important. Um, that if you want to do something uh, good for somebody, like if you want to give somebody who struggles with finances money, that is a morally good thing to do. Um, and uh, obviously, we should be ethical in the way in which we you know, live out a biblical life. But wisdom is more than that. We've, uh, at a certain situation I've talked about before, we actually gave uh, from our mercy fund a few thousand dollars to a guy. And you know what? That was a morally good thing to do. It was ethically sound, but you know what it wasn't? It wasn't wise. When you give him a job and you find him a car and you give him an apartment, all these things are good, but it wasn't smart. He wasn't ready for that. You know, wisdom... Um, is more than a vision. Wisdom is more than a principle. Um, you have to be a, a person or a people of wisdom. <laughs> um, or what? Or you're going to ruin some things. You might even ruin others' lives or your life. Because we have to ask ourselves hard questions. Should I fight? Or should I peacefully protest? Am I Gandhi? Or am I Paul Revere? Am I Martin Luther King or am I George Washington? How do I respond when there's a Stamp Act, the Boston Massacre, the sinking of the Gatsby, the Boston Tea Party, and then Lexington and Concord? How do you do that? What is your decision going to be? How do you respond to reading Galatians and Romans, and then you listen to a guy named John Tetzel who comes into your church and he begins his sales pitch about a fictional place called purgatory what do you do what's the wise thing to do should little boy and fat man the two names of our atomic bombs should they have been dropped was that a wise thing to do during uh, at the end of world war ii how should i view the looting of a retail store or the photo op of a president with his bible what is the wise thing to do that's what we're looking at because we realize that these are bigger things, but even with smaller things, we need wisdom. Who are you supposed to marry? Should you even get married? Who should you date? Should you break up now? What's the right career? What school should you go to? Should you stay here? Should you go to another job? Should I invest in that relationship? Should I move there? Should I date him or her? Should I ask them about their past? Should I protest or fight? Should I post or should I stay quiet? Should I confront the person or should I hold back? Should I take the risk or should I play it safe? These are questions that we're asking. And here's what we realize, that moral rules are good. And knowledge, this is our second point, is helpful. But you know what? It's not enough. 
And many of us think it is, but it's not. Wisdom is something different. When you look at this passage, the first thing you'll notice in uh, verse 14 is wisdom, it has insight. You know what it means? You know what that means in the Hebrew? It means to know how things really work. Do you know how things really work? So I'm 16 years old, I'm on the pitcher's mound, and my manager comes out and he says, Frank, what are you doing? And I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, there's a runner on second. There's nobody out. This guy is not going to bunt. He's a good contact hitter. We're up by one run. It's the second of the last inning. I I didn't know what he was talking about. He says, look, you're throwing outside pitches. You know what an outside pitch does for this guy? He's a contact hitter. He's going to hit it to the right side of the infield. What does that mean? It means the man on second is going to move to third, which will then lessen our chances of winning. Insight, wisdom says, uh, means that we know how things really work. That you really under, you have an understanding of what's going on. So wisdom is comprised of insight, but then it goes on and it says, I wisdom dwell with prudence. Now prudence in this context is a word that means little distinctions. Little, who in your life notices little distinctions? Well, wisdom is about noticing these things. If you want to be wise, not only should you understand how things really work, but the, the, the scriptures call us to notice the little things so that we know how things really are. I remember as a youth pastor, this mom called me and her son was hurting, asked me to come over. I went into, um, over to their house and I went into his room and he was kind of upset. And uh, all I saw when I looked at the room, I saw just uh, chaos, uh, and it didn't smell good at all. Uh, And I remember talking through some of the things um, in his life, but I know his mom hadn't talked with him about, uh, she hadn't talked with him about, you know, what he was struggling with. That's why she called me. But you know, when I walked out, you know what his mom said? She said, I noticed he had a half bottle of water, He had his history book that was dog-eared, and I noticed a beautifully folded note on his bed. What did she think? She think, uh, I don't think he's had enough water because he never drinks water, and if he's drinking water, I think he's probably a little dehydrated. He probably has a little bit of a headache. He's nervous about his history test, which is going to be tomorrow because he only opens his history book the night before the day before, and... His girlfriend and he talk all the time on the phone. There's no reason why she would write him a note unless they were on the rocks. This was a mom who glanced in her son's room, and you know what she did? She noticed the little things. She saw the little distinctions that was going on. Wisdom does this. It notices the way things really are by noticing the little distinctions. Do you live your life that way looking for insight studying whatever decision you have to make but but combining that with little distinctions and lastly what what is wisdom comprised of it says um, by by me by wisdom kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just you realize that it's not just how things really work and how things really are but you know what What are you going to do about them now? How are you going to apply wisdom? And here's the problem. The problem that we all have when it comes to getting wisdom um, is 
is we don't feel like we have it like we should. And in verse 22, we got to remember that this, uh, all of Proverbs is poetry. And um, it's very vivid, right? And we're going to pick up on, on um, uh, verse 22, and we're going to realize that this is wisdom talking about uh, being with the Lord. It says, The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there, wisdom says, when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundaries so the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Eastern society said this, wisdom... um, kind of comes by accident it's kind of this illusion the western world says um, it's a result for the stories that they told it was a result of a power struggle um, and here we have an account where the world was not based on a random accident or a power struggle but it, it was produced wisdom came to be with creation and we have a god in delight the delight of an artistic god Um, and here's where wisdom said I was there I was rejoicing at God's side rejoicing always in his presence like he was dancing wisdom was dancing with the trinity I mean that's that's the, the very beginning and if God created the world according to wisdom right if God designed the world to be a place of beauty and power then you know what then there's a fabric There's a pattern to all reality. If God created the world according to wisdom, then there's a fabric. There is structure. And that informs the way in which we should seek out wisdom. Foolishness is what? It's going against structure. It's going against the grain that God put into into creation. And it will always lead to what? It will always lead to a breakdown. Um, and so the first part of understanding wisdom is that there is a pattern to it and you cannot know it all. And therein lies the tension that we have to look for patterns, but we have to know we can't know everything. And that leaves attention because if you were to read through the book of Proverbs, particularly verses or chapters 10 through 15, you know what you find out? you find these uh, principles such as if you work hard, you'll prosper. If you're lazy, you'll be poor. If you live according to moral absolutes, you know what, your life's going to go well. Proverbs says if you lived a wicked life, then your life won't go well. If you raise your child according to this pattern, if you raise a child rightly, when she is old, she will love you and she will be a responsible adult. That's what chapters 10 through 15 basically say here's the problem though um if you have a conservative bent in you 
You read those six chapters and you say, yep, that's what I'm talking about. If you work hard, you'll be okay. If you're lazy, you'll be poor. Yes. And then you think, I've never done that in my life. Um, I've never done that. So therefore, you know, I'm okay. I, I'm just going to adhere to these principles. The problem is, when you get to chapter 16, it's not that way. 10 through 15 say, hey, you know what? This is a very tit-for-tat kind of thing. But chapter 16 says, you know what? <laughs> Some people who live according to God's moral absolutes have a lousy life. What do you do with that? Chapter 16 says, Some people, even though they work hard, you know what they do? They stay poor their entire life. What do you do with that? They stay poor because of oppression. It also says some people raise their child just right, and you know what? When she goes old, she goes off the rails. What do you do with that? What does the conservative bent do to that? But if you have a liberal temperament, you read that and you say, that's right. Life is messy. I've always said that. You can't be predicting everything, right? But here's the thing. What is wisdom? You have to admit that there's a pattern that you need to submit to. If you want to make up all your rules, if you want to say, I will determine what is right and wrong, Proverbs calls you, wisdom calls you a fool. But if you think you can see the whole pattern, if you think you know these things are for sure, you're a fool. Because you can be a liberal fool or you can be a conservative fool if you read uh, Proverbs and you read about wisdom. You can be a relativistic fool or a moralistic fool. And so you look at these um, examples that the scriptures give us. If you want a perfect example of a conservative fool, think, um, think Luke 15 and the elder brother in the, in the story of the prodigal son. The elder brother did everything right. But you know what? You could tell his heart wasn't right. He wasn't, uh, he, 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 he was all about what he did and his own self-righteousness. He didn't understand that wisdom came from where? The creator. He came from delight. It came from the dance of the Trinity. It wasn't there. And then you also look at the prodigal and you realize, you know what? Here's a guy who just did whatever and his life has fallen apart. Be it chapters 10 through 15, the elder brother, or chapter 16, which may be the prodigal. Where are you? What kind of person are you? What uh, set of principles do you uh, live by? And so if you're the kind of person who says, if I live a good life, my life will go well, obviously you can fall into this conservative foolishness. And if you're the type of person who says, I can decide my own reality, I can decide what is right and wrong, I don't believe there's a divine order that I must submit to. You know, you are a liberal fool. What do we do? What do we do with this problem? What's, what's the solution to this? As you read all of the Proverbs, what you realize is, you know what? This whole book is supposed to be read with your mentor, ideally your father, and maybe your brother's. Maybe during family time. You're supposed to read this because no one proverb gives you the whole picture about a subject. There are dozens of proverbs and they all have a little different perspective on a similar subject. 
You have to look at what? You have to look at them all together. You have to begin to connect them and discuss them. And you do that in community over time. When you begin to do that in community over time, you know what? You begin to then say, okay, you know what? This person's tried this. This person's done this. Let's make this connection. Let's not make that mistake again. My dad did this. He said, watch out for this, Frank. My younger brother said he did that. Watch out for this, Frank. Okay, and I did this. Watch out for this, dad, brother, best pal, small group. You read them in community, and you realize that wisdom um, is attainable. However, if you really look at the core of what wisdom is, we understand this is poetry. But what's the most basic point of this poem about wisdom? It's what we said at the very beginning. It is personified. This abstract quality is what? It's turned into a person. You think, okay, well, um, that, that, that's nice. Uh, that, that's kind of cute. That'll keep me interested. Kind of a new perspective. No. But the point is, we have to understand that wisdom is not about mastering a set of rules, but rather, it's a love affair with wisdom that you need. You need to long for wisdom. You need to desire wisdom, right? And so when we begin to understand, what if the, the wisdom of God really was a person that you could know? It was, what if it really was personified? And that you could get into a relationship with this person that made you wise. Then, those of us that didn't have parents, or didn't have mentors, or didn't have a small group, or didn't have a youth pastor, or whatever, that this would be your ultimate guide, the ultimate counselor, or as we call him later on, the wonderful counselor. What if wisdom was a person? I mean, think about this. What if, what if wisdom... Um, came to your ear and said this, come unto me all who are labor, all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what Rabbi Jesus says, the one who has wisdom, the one who is wisdom. That's what he says. He is saying I am what? Jesus is the very wisdom of God. And what the scriptures tell us, what the gospels tell us, and a relationship with wisdom personified will what? It will make you wise. And that's the first core or the the first step in this is understanding that wisdom comes in the form of a relationship. That's at the core, that's at the heartbeat of this entire book is Jesus. It's not a body of knowledge to master. Not just a bunch of principles we put on three by five cards to memorize. Jesus saying, it is knowing me. Right? It's knowing who I am. In the beginning was the what? Was the word. That word at the beginning of John is logos, which means wisdom or logic. In the beginning was the wisdom, and the wisdom was with God, and the wisdom was God. For nothing was made without him. The wisdom of God became flesh and he dwelt 
among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, filled with grace and truth. Do you know what the Bible is telling us? Do you know what the secret of wisdom is? In the beginning, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, what? Had perfect love relationships. They glorified in each other. They deferred to one another. They honored one another. They rejoiced in each other. It was out of that that came what? Creation. They made the human race. So the meaning of life, what? It's not about power. It's not about struggle. It's not definitely not an accident it's having those loving relationships and it all starts with our relationship with jesus that is the fountain he is the vine and when we are attached to the vine when we abide in him that's the key because if we are right here with him and we know wisdom was there from the very beginning jesus says you know what let me be with you let me walk with you through this, you know, this time in, in May and June of 2020. Let me, let me walk with you, West Town. You keep understanding that when you read the scripture and you interpret it, that's the word that they would use for a yoke. Jesus is saying that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take it. This is how you should live. Because here's the thing. Every other sage in the world has always said, here's how you should live. Here are the, here are the, here's the to-do list. Do that and you will live. But Jesus is the only one who said this. This is how you should live, and I have lived the life you should have lived, and died the death you should have died because um, of your failure to live that way. So that when you ask God, accept me because of what Jesus has done, not because of what I have done, he will what? He will bring you into his love. And maybe some of you this morning need to hear that. You need that relationship because wisdom begins here. When you understand that, 10 through 14, 10 through 15 make a lot more sense. The, the kind of the outliers in, in 16, you, you begin to understand, okay, yeah, there, there, are, there can be some curveballs here. The, the principles that I heard here, yeah, there, there are differing uh, situations sometimes. And so we can sit down and say, okay, Jesus, give us wisdom. Because it kills my inferiority complex and it kills my superiority complex. I'm just with him. Where are you? Jesus is wisdom with us. We need that. It will help us get rid of moralism and it help us kill relativism. That's what wisdom is for us. Let me pray. And let me ask God uh, to work in our hearts this morning.